0: All right, well, good morning again, everybody. Man, that was a great worship set. You guys were singing incredibly. Uh, Just before we jump in, a reminder, there is an app available if you'd like a Spanish translation uh, today. I think we have a slide with some instructions, maybe. uh, Or it's in the bulletin. Uh, The code word that you need to put in is Calvary GF, not GV, GF gluten-free, I guess, I don't know, Calvary GF, and you can log on to that. So again, we're so glad that our uh, Spanish-speaking service is here with us today, and it's awesome to have unity as we worship God together under the same uh, roof here. Now I'm excited as we kick off this new series today called Stranger Things, as you saw in that video. Now, some of you know exactly what Stranger Things is, and maybe you binge-watched season three already. It came out on July 4th, and there's others of you who are like, I have no idea what you're talking about at all. No matter where you fall on that spectrum, again, we're glad you're here. But a little background. So about three years ago, Netflix put out this show called Stranger Things. And it's a quirky kind of show, and it quickly became the most popular show that the network had put out to date. And like I said, season three was just released this past week. And the thing is, this show for a variety of reasons has resonated with people of all different ages and backgrounds all around the world. Now to give you just a very quick synopsis of what this show is about, the first season was all about the disappearance of a young boy in a little small town in the 1980s. And there's this strange girl named Eleven who escapes from a sinister government lab and helps the missing boy's friends search for him. And meanwhile, what Eleven does is she shares the truth about what's happening behind the gates of that lab. And they end up uncovering all sorts of devious things that are happening and all sorts of supernatural forces. And ultimately, we learn uh, all about what's called the upside down. The upside down is the supernatural realm that is invading earth. Now, what this show really does is it brings together a fascination of the 80s. Any of you who grew up during the 80s like me, there's all sorts of little references that are fun. But it also brings up our fascination in our country and in our world with the supernatural. What is beyond what we can see? What is really going on all around us? And so the reason we grabbed onto this theme is that Christianity and the Bible are full of the supernatural. And sometimes we struggle with what to do with it. You know, if you read your Bible, you're going to come across miracle after miracle and healings. And you're going to see a struggle between evil and good, and not just in this world, but in the supernatural realm. And when you read these supernatural things, you start to wonder, is this is this still true today? And if so, how does it apply to our life? Does it matter for how we live? Now, the thing about the supernatural is that oftentimes people are pulled to the extremes. Now, some of you who grew up in the church maybe grew up in a church that never, ever talked about anything supernatural. You know, it's maybe something that was in the Bible thousands of years ago, but, you know, it doesn't happen today. And so you just kind of ignore it. There's others of you maybe who grew up in a church that all they talked about was the supernatural. It was like every place they looked, they saw something spiritual and something supernatural happening. So often we're pulled one way or the other. Now some of you seated here today might be craving an experience with God's power in his presence. You want to have that alive feeling that God is actively working in your life and you're looking anywhere to come into contact with that. And there's others of you here today who are thinking, I just don't want to do anything weird or that will make me stand out at all. So don't ask me to get outside my comfort zone. Again, so often we're pulled to the extremes when it comes to the supernatural. Now, I would say up until about college, I definitely fell into what you would call the naturalist camp. You know, I maybe thought there was some supernatural things going on, but I'm a logical, rational person. I like to have the background, I like to have all the information, and I like to explain things in a rational way. Well, when I was in seminary, one summer I had to do what's called CPE. It stands for Clinical Pastoral Education. Basically just a fancy way to say chaplaincy training. So I was at a hospital down in Burnsville, and I remember one of our first days, we were sitting together with our CPE group, and our supervisor said, okay, there's something I need you all to hear. When you go and visit people in the hospital or the care center, no matter what they have going on in their life, don't ever pray for healing. We're like, hmm, that's interesting. She said, don't ever pray for healing because what are you going to say if they're not healed? I mean, what if the family comes and says, you know, explain what happened. You're not going to have a good answer, so don't ever pray for healing. So that was just kind of the way we were supposed to operate during that summer. Well, right when I got done with CPE, we moved down to Des Moines for a year And I did my pastoral internship at a church down there. And one of my first days on internship, my supervisor said, all right, we're going to get in my car and we're going to go visit all of the hospitals, the major hospitals in the Des Moines area so you know how to kind of operate when it comes to hospital visits. We went to one of the hospitals downtown Des Moines and we went up to the uh, intensive care unit for children. And we went in and we visited a very young baby. And you see this baby had a very severe case of meningitis. And it was basically just understood that this baby was going to pass away any day. So we talked to the family for a little bit and then my supervisor turned to me and said, hey, Zach, why don't you come over here and let's pray for healing? I'm like, hmm, red flag. But I thought, you know, this is my time to shine. I need to impress my supervisor. So I stepped up. We we even gathered some of the nurses and the doctors that were in the area. We came over. We laid hands on this baby and we prayed for it. We prayed for full healing, for God to intervene. And day after day, for the next couple weeks, we had somebody from the church there every single day praying for healing. And about three weeks later, that baby went home. Not without its issues, but doing well. And then I still remember the joy when that family came with their baby in the little infant seat to our Christmas Eve service. It was just a joyous occasion. And then I remember our senior pastor said, one day one of the doctors from the intensive care unit called him up and said, I need to know, what did you people do? What happened? There is no medical explanation. This was a miracle You see, it was one of my first encounters face-to-face with the supernatural. And so in this series, what we want to do is we want to see what the Bible has to say about the supernatural. And we want to see how it applies to us today. Because the Bible has a whole lot to say about the Holy Spirit and about Satan himself, about good and evil and spiritual warfare, and even about miracles, Now, oftentimes, I think we ask the question, is life only what we can see, touch, and experience, or is there more? Is life only what we can see and touch and experience and, you know, kind of get our five senses around, or is there something more going on? Some people tend to only embrace what they can process with their senses, you know, all logic and all reason. And there's other people who see God working supernaturally in everything. But I think scripture challenges us, no matter where we fall on that spectrum, to see God working in both the natural and the supernatural. God is challenging us to widen our view, to see that he's active and he's working in all things. And that he's also inviting you and me to play an active role in what he's doing in this world so I think the greatest mistake you can make when it comes to the supernatural is to is to underestimate or to overestimate its influence the greatest mistake you can make with the supernatural is to underestimate or to overestimate its influence Going to either extreme is going to cause you to miss out on some important things that we need to be careful about. Now, a pastor I really appreciate named Carrie Newhoff made a list of things that you might miss in either category, in either extreme. Now, if you're someone who might fall in what we could call the naturalist category, the person who's all about logic and reason. I'm not talking about like the wildlife, nature people, naturalists. This is someone who embraces only the natural, things that you can see and experience with your senses. You're going to miss out on some things. Number one, you're going to miss out on wonder. You know, Christians should really be the most curious people around. I think we should fully embrace exploring art and culture and literature And all of those things and see how God can use them. You know, sometimes I think we get really nervous when science has a new uh, conclusion or some sort of explanation is given. But I don't think we need to fear that at all. We can respond and just say, wow, that's how God did it. Right? Whenever somebody comes and says, well, I figured it out and this means this, we can say, wow, isn't that amazing? That's how God chose to do it. We should be the most curious people around you know sometimes we get into these debates a lot of times maybe around creation right and some people it's you know seven literal 24-hour days and other people it's billions of years and I think the thing is we often ask the wrong questions we're always about the what and the how but what about the who and the why I think one of the most important things about the creation story is the who and the why God who loves us created all things and he wants to have a relationship with you and and with me. Sometimes when we want to explain everything away, when we think we've got it all figured out, we miss out on wonder. Number two, we also can miss out on surprise. When God moves in the supernatural, we might miss it if we just try to explain it away. We might miss out on the incredible joy of seeing God take an active role in our world. Number three, grace. When God intervenes in our world, when God comes in power, it's always out of love. The reason that God wants to take an active role in your life and mine is because of his overwhelming love for us and his desire to have a relationship for us to experience his grace. Number four, naturalists might miss seeing God work outside The laws of nature. God invented every law and every rule. He invented all of nature. He created it all. And so sometimes He chooses to work outside of those laws of nature. And we might miss it again if we just try to explain everything away. Number five, danger. Sometimes we might get a prompting from the Holy Spirit, you know, a warning hey, watch out. Don't go there. Don't make that choice. Don't be around those people. And if we just try to look at everything through the natural world, we might miss out on those warnings, miss out on the danger in front of us. And that leads into number six, opportunity. We might miss out on the opportunities that God puts in front of us. Again, sometimes the Holy Spirit has a prompting. Have you ever been sitting somewhere just kind of thinking and all of a sudden a name or a face pops into your head? You kind of wonder, I haven't even thought about that person for years. Have you ever followed through on that prompting? You know, maybe shot a text or an email or given them a call on the phone. And you find out, you know, something's going on in their life or they're really struggling for some reason. And it means the world that you reached out. Again, when we look at everything just in the natural world, we might miss out on those opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus for others. Well, on the other side then, supernaturalists, the people who maybe see the supernatural everywhere, they might miss out on some things too. Number one, they might miss out on reason. You know, God gave you a brain, not just a heart. Remember, we're told, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Sometimes we need to think. Sometimes we need to use logic and reason. God gifted us with those things. Number two, predictability. You know, when the forecast or the weatherman says there's 100% chance of rain, I mean, they're not always perfect, but generally, you should bring your umbrella, right? God often works through predictability. Number three, truth. God always works within the truth. He's always compatible with Scripture. He never asks us, to do anything apart from what he says in his word. And so sometimes when we start to think, well, God's calling me to do this or that, we always need to check it with what it says in his word. Number four, we might miss seeing God work within the laws of nature. Now, some of the most uh, enjoyable conversations I've had are with scientists who, as they've done research or as they've investigated different parts of the body, or different natural things. They see God working. There's an incredible book called The Fingerprints of God by Francis Collins, who's the man who mapped the human genome. And he said, as he looks at human DNA, he sees God's fingerprints all over it. Don't miss God working within the laws of nature. Number five, danger. I mean, gravity is real. Right? You might pray to fly, but it's probably not going to happen, right? Don't jump off your house and flap your arms. And number six, opportunity. There are many opportunities right in front of us. There are many opportunities to reach out to your neighbor, to develop a relationship with someone in your classroom or at your workplace. Don't miss those opportunities that God puts right in front of you. Now, the thing is, the people that fall in the naturalist camp, they can often become cynical. They can be closed off to God working in amazing ways. And they can often become very narrow. But on the other hand, supernaturalists, they can often become weird, superstitious, and divorced from reality. Again, I think we need to be careful that we don't get pulled to either extreme. We need to recognize that God works in both the natural and the supernatural. Because at the heart of Christianity is a man named Jesus Christ, who was fully man, but yet he was also fully God. And people didn't follow Jesus just because he was a great storyteller, and not just because he had great advice, and not just because he had a bunch of self-help. No, because Jesus often did things that were extraordinary. He did things that ordinary people just don't do. He did things that many people thought were just plain strange. And it wasn't just once or twice. He did it again and again throughout the Gospels. Jesus healed sick people. He did incredible miracles. He multiplied food. He raised people from the dead. Jesus was so unordinary and he was so strange that even his family thought he was insane. At one point, his brothers and sisters came and met with him and said, Jesus, I think it would be better if you just came home with us because you're embarrassing us. But the thing is, while some people thought he was insane or thought he was strange, many more people chose to follow him. And he always backed up what he had to say with signs and wonders. And in just a few years, he went from being a poor carpenter's son to someone who was proclaimed to be the king of the Jews. He stood on trial before the Roman governor named Pilate. And Pilate had this question for him. Which is an amazing question again for this guy who grew up a poor carpenter's son. Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus responded in this way. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now, my kingdom is is from another place. Jesus is saying his kingdom is not just a political one. It's not a rival to Rome. It's not even of this world. Because Jesus came to bring the supernatural and the natural together. And he invites you and me to live into this new kingdom reality. And not only that, he actually says that his followers will do even greater things than he did. Have you ever read that before and just stopped and wondered, is he serious? We're going to do even greater things than he did? I mean, we just talked about the miracles and the healings and all the incredible things that he was able to do. And yet he's saying, with God's power, with God's presence, we're going to do even greater things. Well, I think there's a couple things that we need to keep in mind. Number one, God is still moving today. You know, Christians sometimes will fight tooth and nail, (coughs) excuse me, to defend the miracles in the Bible. But then we often live with no expectation that those same things can happen today. We're invited to experience God's power and presence today But sometimes we are so skeptical and rational and logical that we have a hard time fully embracing God's existence, let alone his presence. Now, I've always found this to be an amazing thing when I visited third world countries to see how people who are living in those places really have no problem embracing the supernatural. I remember two summers ago, I went to go visit my friend Kelly, who's a missionary in a very, very remote part of South Africa. So I flew down. It was a, I don't know, 24-hour flight event, or with connections. And I finally got to Kelly's place, and he's like, all right, we're getting up early tomorrow. We're going to go drive up into the mountains to visit a tribe and to share the gospel. This is a tribe that hasn't even seen white people before. So we got to this tribe, and we came in, and they're so hospitable, and we were sitting down, and Suddenly, there were these guys just kind of walking around us, and they looked kind of scary, and so I whisper, you know, what's, in the, what's going on with those guys? And Kelly said, oh, those are the witch doctors. they are just kind of doing a drive-by right now. I said, witch doctors? Eventually, they got their own little powwow going, and they pulled out a goat, and they sacrificed the goat right behind us. Meanwhile, the people we were meeting with started to pray hard, pray fervently, And you see, there was this battle between good and evil right there, tangibly in front of me. Now, imagine if I would have said, okay, let me explain how things actually work in the real world, and you guys are just being superstitious. It wouldn't have gone over at all, right? Because for them, this is an everyday thing. They see a battle between good and evil every day. They encounter demons. They encounter evil things. And they embrace God's power and they believe in his presence. You know, I think in first world countries like ours, where we're so blessed in so many ways, we often become blinded to the way that God wants to work in and through us. I think we need to be asking and sharing more often where have you seen God show up lately? We need to be asking and sharing with others. Where have you seen God working? I love Psalm 105 where it says, keep your eyes open for God. Watch for his works. Be alert for signs of his presence. A number of years ago, I was at a church conference and I heard a pastor from Austin, Texas talk about how at one point he he started to think how because of our busy schedules and we pack our calendars full, way too often we don't take the time to consider where have we seen God show up lately? Where have we seen God working in our lives? So they started an initiative at their church. They passed out a little sticker that you could put on your watch. And the sticker was to be a reminder to ask that question again and again. And they even told people, set the alarm on your watch or your phone for every hour on the hour during the day. And then simply ask yourself, where have I seen God working in the past hour? Where have I seen God show up? So he said the humorous thing was that many of the people in their church, being Austin, Texas, worked for Dell Computers. And eventually, Dell had to send a memo out telling everybody to turn off their alarms when they were doing video conferencing with people around the world. So many people... We're checking in and thinking about that question. Where have I seen God? Where has God shown up in my life? What if you would make that a habit in your life? I mean, what would it do to your faith to recognize that he's alive and he's working still today? Number two, I think it's so important that we open our heart and our mind. You know, sometimes people tend to be heart people. You know, they wear their feelings on their sleeve. Everything's emotional. But then there are those of us who are more mind people. We want a rational explanation for everything. But when we open up both our heart and our mind, then we're more open to seeing God work in and through things all around us. Paul uses this curious phrase in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Such a strange image, isn't it? I mean, do our hearts have eyes? But when you think about it, they do, right? That we can not only see what we see through our physical eyes, but our, our emotions and all that God has created us to be can be eyes into how God is moving around us. Open the eyes of your heart are you open to God moving supernaturally in your life Maybe you need to open the eyes of your heart a little bit wider Now I think when we remain open when we open our heart and our minds we can identify with Jacob's story in Genesis 28 Jacob is traveling like he often did he's going from point A to point B and he finally finds a place to set up camp and he goes to sleep And then it says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. Can you identify with that? You're running from thing to thing, and your schedule is crazy busy, and suddenly when you finally stop, when you have some downtime, you think, oh, surely God's been with me. I just haven't stopped to think about it or even recognize it to recognize that God is in every struggle, but he's also in every triumph. God was with you when you were taking that difficult test. God was with you as you worked on that project. God is with you in your stressful moments. He's with you in that conversation. He's with you in despair. He's with you in every frustration. Not only that, he's there protecting you, and he's fighting for you, And he's caring for you. And he's loving you. Number three, we need to remember there's a battle going on all around us. Ephesians 6 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Every one of us in this life experiences overwhelming evil. If you need a reminder, just open up the newspaper, watch the evening news. We see evil all around us, and it can feel so helpless and hopeless. Now, the writers of the New Testament, they understood very well that there is evil in this world, and they called it out. They said there's a battle raging on in the heavenly realms, It's good versus evil, and it impacts our lives even today. Now, while our world in general is fascinated by the supernatural and fascinated by evil, I mean, just look at all the horror movies that keep coming out. We should instead focus on the one solution to the evil in our world. You see, I think we're kind of called to be like that strange girl 11 in Stranger Things who brings a message from the other side of the fence. We can go into our broken and dark world and we can announce God is here. He's at work. In fact, he's already victorious because of what Jesus has done. And not only that, he is working today to put everything back together the way it should be. You know, we pray in the Lord's Prayer so many times I think without even thinking about it, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have you ever stopped to actually think about what we're saying? Praying for God's will and his kingdom to come to this earth just as it is in heaven. We're called to be a part of what God is doing, bringing heaven to earth. We're not called to just come here on Sunday mornings or Thursday nights and have a nice little holy huddle. No, we're called to go out and share the good news. Now, have you ever stopped to think, why in the world are we still here? I mean, when you give your life to Christ, when you're saved, why are we still here? Why don't we just get zipped up to heaven on the spot? It's because we still have a job to do. There's still a reason for us to be here, and it's to share the good news with others. To tell others that the kingdom of God is at hand. God hasn't abandoned us. God isn't taking a vacation. No, he's at work in the here and now, bringing people to faith. The kingdom of God is here today. When Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, it wasn't just a future reality. He was talking about bringing God's values and God's will and his purposes here on earth. Jesus didn't see a separation between the worlds. Instead, he came to bring those two powerfully together. Jesus brought the supernatural and the natural together. He brought the ordinary and the extraordinary together so that we can better understand that God is at work right now. See, I think we need to resist the temptation to try to put God in a box. You know, I think we've got him all figured out. We know exactly what he's going to do at all times and, you know, he kind of fits nicely in our little box. As soon as you put God in a box, he, you no longer are making him your God. When you put God in a box, really what you're doing is making yourself into a God. God works in the supernatural He works in the natural, and he's at work today to bring his kingdom here to earth. God works in mysterious ways. He colors outside the lines, and he works through all sorts of people, places, and things. Finally, remember, God loves to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Read all the way through Scripture, and you'll see this again and again. God loves to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. You see, the the reason we come to worship like we are this morning is not just to sing and to listen to a talk, to feel good about ourselves because we actually got up in here on time. It's not about having our wants and our needs and our preferences met. See, what worship is really about is being equipped and empowered being filled with the Spirit to go live out our faith so that we can help others see the kingdom of God breaking through into this world. See, even through worship, God is bringing the supernatural and the natural together. He promises that he's with us wherever two or three are gathered. And he wants us to be a part of turning this world upside down with the good news of Jesus. So in closing, what step of faith is God calling you to take today? What step of faith is God calling you to take? Now, if you're someone who kind of finds themselves more in the naturalist category, maybe God is calling you today to open up your heart and mind to how he's working in the supernatural. But maybe on the other side, if you're more in the supernaturalist camp, maybe God is calling you to open up your heart and mind, to see him working in the natural world. And then he's calling every one of us here, the body of Christ, to go out and to share the good news far and wide and to announce to everyone who will listen, the kingdom of God is here. And it's because God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. And that's the best news you'll ever hear. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks that you are the creator of everything we can see and everything we can't see. God, I pray for every one of us here today that you would open our heart and our mind to what you would have us see and experience. Open us up to your power and your presence. Help us to take another step of faith today. Help us to follow you as we leave this place to be your ambassadors so that people can see your everlasting love shine through us. God, as we go to our places of work or schools, homes, communities, wherever we go, help us to go with an expectation that you are at work that you are leading and guiding, that you are protecting and fighting for us, and that you are loving us so, so well. God, help us to see you in both the supernatural and the natural and help us to grow in our faith and our relationship with you. God, we're thankful. For all that you do for us, things that we don't even recognize. And so we thank and praise you for who you are. And so we pray this confidently and boldly in the powerful name of Jesus. And now let's join together in praying the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.